Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to amplify their voices. So I'm super excited to introduce to you today someone I already know. I don't often know my guests in advance, but I know, love, and respect this woman as if she's been in my life all my life, and she hasn't. She's a newer friend of mine. Today's guest is Lisa Lang. Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you today. It's always fun to chat with you. I know our first chat turned into like a two hour conversation, so it wasn't really a chat, Um, but I'm so happy to share you with my audience, my listening audience. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, quickly, um, right now I am, um, I'm serving as the general counsel for Kentucky State University in Frankfort, Kentucky. I've been in this position for about three years. Nice. What do you do day to day there? You know, uh, I, when you are an in-house counsel, the question I think more aptly put is what do you not do? Um, <laughs> That's true. That is true. I, yeah. I, I bet you wear a lot of hats. Oh, absolutely. And because uh, Kentucky State University is a smaller university, um, we have, uh, I think it's about eight regional uh, universities um, in Kentucky, eight regional public universities, and we are the smallest of those. And um, we have about 2000 students. And the thing about having a smaller university, as opposed to a larger university, we still have all the requirements that any other university has to meet. And so um, we have a very small size. I have a very small office, but I still have the same large responsibilities that a larger university does and not a large staff to do it all. So it's almost like we are a general practice um, law firm that meets um, all sorts of requirements for the university. We help support as it relates to human resources, uh, procurement, intellectual property. Uh, it's, it's, it's the gambit. Um, I can imagine. And that's, you know, you seem to be in love with what you do. So that, that helps, right? That helps um, to be oh, passionate about what you do. Um, well, let me ask you, do you, do you have time for any kind of community involvement or things that you like to do for fun or, you know, outside well, of work? You know, and that's kind of a funny question because as we sit here today, we are in the middle of a global pandemic. And so my life today is not the same as it would be outside of these times. So um, when the global pandemic is, is not part of our lives, um, the university actually takes up a lot of my time, both during the day and after hours. And, you know, as you can imagine, it's a university. And with the university, you have homecoming, you have commencement. There are so many other activities that are outside of the nine to five hours that um, I participate in. So a lot of the social activities that I'm involved in revolve around the university when we're not in the midst of a global pandemic. 
Um, so my activities now outside of the work hours is really a lot different because we aren't doing a lot of those in-person activities. So this last eight months has been a period in which um, I've had to readjust because what I do with my time is not what I've been doing with my time for the last three years. How do you think that will play out? Well, I guess we're all guessing and asking that same question. I'm sure we'll get to some sort of normal, but not for a long time. Um, so you actually live and breathe your job 24-7, basically. I'm glad that you love it. It sounds, it sounds like you definitely love it. Well, let me ask you this. So you've had a really varied and colorful, multifaceted life and career. What has been your proudest professional accomplishment? You know, I think I, I think I'd have to say um, is uh, most recently uh, over the weekend um, we released a book, and when I say we, I mean nineteen other lawyers. Uh, we got together and we wrote an anthology um, about our experiences uh, with each other and networking on LinkedIn. And I would have to say that is probably um, my proudest of accomplishments. It was a lot, a lot of fun. So I am going to promote the heck out of this book because it's fantastic. You have a great group of women who've done this. And I think it's fascinating. I'm actually going to introduce it to some folks I know at LinkedIn because I think they should speak to it as a best practice. That is how we met is through LinkedIn. So, wow. I mean, this is the new normal, right? And you've taken lemons and made delicious lemonade. So I'm going to promote the heck out of the book. We'll put a link to buy the book in the, uh, the blog that I write about you after our recording. Uh, super exciting. And you've met some remarkable women. Um, I know a couple of them. Some of them were already in my uh, LinkedIn circle, but not intimately. So I'm looking forward to getting to know them better as well. I open up this podcast to each and every one of you. Um, in fact, in the new year, if they'd like to schedule podcasts with me, please let your friends know. I'd, I'd be happy to amplify their voices. It's such a great book. Absolutely. And I'm sure they would love that. You bet. You bet. And you can tell them how painless and fun it is. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I know that you're an amazing mentor because I know one of your mentees and she adores you. Um, has someone served in such a capacity to you perhaps? You know, I, I know that that was going to be one of the questions uh, that we were going to talk about today, and I really wanted to think long and hard about that. And, you know, that is a really tough, tough question for me. And the reason I say that is because I feel like I've gone through so many different stages in my life. And so I don't think that I have any one person. I think I've been fortunate enough to find somebody um, during each phase of my career that served in that capacity. If, if I was pressed and I had to pick absolutely one, I think the one I would probably pick would be um, Angela Logan Edwards. Um, when I uh, first got my, my 
my first civilian paralegal position. She was um, part of the interview team. She was an associate attorney at a law firm. They hired me to work as their paralegal. And um, while I worked um, for them during the day, I went to school at night. And um, then I became an associate attorney and I worked under her um, for about four years after that. And so I feel like she's probably um, been with me and served in a mentor capacity for a, a the, the biggest scope of time through a few transitions. So I would probably, if I had to pick one, it would probably be her. That's very nice. Um, are you still in touch with her today? So every once in a while, um, I do hear from her. Um, we're, you know, all very busy. Um, her children are younger than my children, and um, they're both in high school, I think, right now. And so I'm, she's very, very busy. I hear you, sister. <laughs> I've been there, <laughs> done that. Um, that's awesome, though, that you can say that. Um, and, and the fact that you opened with you have many, right? That's beautiful. I do. And I know that you serve as such for others. And, and I'm grateful to have you in my life. I feel like I can ask you anything and you would guide me in the right direction. On that note, let's talk about how women can help other women or support other women in business. What do you think we can do? And you know, what's, what's, what's really interesting about that is um, this whole concept of mentorship, you know, and I think that it, it, it's bigger than mentorship. Um, I was just looking at a, uh, a definition of mentorship, and it's uh, mentoring is a dynamic reciprocal relationship that is mutually beneficial, empowering, and enabling. And what I love about that quote, and that's from a Stacey Blake Beard, and she's a professor of management at Simmons College. And what I really like about that quote is that um, mentoring is not just for the benefit of the mentee. Right. I think that a really good mentoring relationship um, is beneficial to the mentor and the mentee. And I really think it, it, it probably is even more than mentorship. It's also sponsorship and it's about community. And so when you create these relationships with um, those people who you look up to and those people who, who look up to you. I think that when you start creating those networks and you start building on those relationships, that's when I think it becomes very powerful and everybody involved becomes more empowered and in a better position to be successful in whatever it is they want to be successful in. I love that. And look, folks, that is something everyone can do, right? So it's not like you have to have a ton of time or a ton of money or, you know, just manage your attention and share a bit of um, listening, perhaps, with someone else. I love that you mentioned it's a two-way street. A lot of people think it's a lot of work on one person. No, it's you, you both lift one another. I mean, I know I'm fulfilled by my mentees as much as I fill them up with, you know, whatever they need. Uh, it's a really great, that's a really great piece of advice. And I love that you mentioned sponsorship. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between mentorship and sponsorship? 
Certainly, you know, so mentorship has a lot to do with um, trying to provide um, advice. Um, I like to think of them, they're a little bit more general in nature, but I think sponsorship programs are, are more narrowly tailored to the protege, and it involves influencing um, and providing access to the networks and um, people and responsibilities um, to the person with whom you have the relationship. So I think it's sponsorship, you could call it like your protege. Yeah. It, it's, you know, when you talk about diversity and inclusion, especially, um, I think that when you have a sponsorship relationship with somebody, um, it's about trying to not just get them in the door, but also helping them to um, be able to interact with the people that are, you know, past that doorway. That's beautiful. That's a good way to put it. It's sort of a, 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 a different type of investment in the relationship. Um, well, let me ask you this. I, all my listeners know I have this habit of saying, well, let me ask you this. Well, that's because I pose a lot of questions. Um, the question I have for you now, and I, and I do this because I don't want anyone who listens to think my guests are perfect. No one is perfect. We, li we, we live and we listen and we learn. Um, I always say win or, win or learn, never lose, right? So has there been a challenge or setback that you had that you overcame and how? Yeah. And you know, the thing is, I think I've had many setbacks and I've had many challenges and I've had moments in my life where I've wondered whether or not I was really doing what it is I was meant to do. Um, and, you know, whether or not there was something else out there. And I think that's part of the reason I pivoted at different points in my life and did different things because I reached a point where I wondered if I was really truly in the role I was meant to be in. I think that's so courageous that you share how, um, you know, how many times you've, you've had those opportunities to pivot. Um, I think that a lot of women hear from other successful women and think, well, you know, I can never get there or I went through a rough time and that doesn't, you know, look like I can do that. But when you tell the story of what you went through to get to where you are, you give hope to others and you, you share your vulnerability. And I see that as a, as a fine show of strength, resilience, uh, you know, fortitude. So thank you for sharing. Um, I have this point in the show where I ask, if you could tell us something surprising about you, even maybe your uh, circle of friends don't know. And then I want to ask you if you're game for a wild card question. Ooh, that's a little scary. <laughs> I know. My lawyer friends are always yeah. like, I don't know about that wild yeah. card question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the one thing I would say that um, not everybody knows about me is that my mother um was um, from Canada and um, she gave up her citizenship. So my mother's side of the family is Canadian. Wow. Wow. That's a big decision. That's a really big decision. And interesting. I would love to learn more about your um, Canadian family on one of our other chats. Um, so if you're game and look, I'll say the question. And if you decide, <gasps> no, I'm not going to answer it. That's fine too. But I think you'll like this. I just pulled a random question out of a box of 144 meaningful questions. Um, actually, I'll pull two if you want to choose one. 
You know what? I'm game for whatever you want. Oh, I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. So wild card question number one, what is something you were once afraid of, but no longer fear? Oh, that's an easy question. Oh, well, do you want to hear wild card question number two? No, I'm going to go okay. with the easy question. <laughs> you want the easy question. Are okay, you crazy? Go Why go for door number two when I already <laughs> know what's behind door number one? <laughs> That's a lesson, folks. When you get to yes, stop talking. <laughs> Absolutely. So, right. oh, so what I would say is um, social media. Oh, um, wow. And so here's why. So my training is as a lawyer. And the first job I had as a lawyer was um, insurance defense. And, you know, we were taught to fear social media as lawyers. And right. maybe fear is the wrong word, but to be very careful with it because we could, <laughs> we used it as a weapon against um other people in cases because um, people would share too freely sometimes yes. on social media. And so I have been very, very hesitant to get involved with social media. And I uh, wish that I had not been as in fear of it Yes, um, for as long as I was, because I do really feel that it is something that can be used in a very positive way. And I really think, and you know, and this gets back to my whole LinkedIn experience and meeting the the fifty women uh, that I met um, online in LinkedIn. And when um, I first really got back on LinkedIn about 12 months ago, um, you know, it was, and I don't really don't even know why I got back on, because um, generally the way I'd used it was just if I was looking for a job and, you know, you were posting resumes, but for whatever reason, about 12 months ago, um, I started reading uh, posts and just just scrolling through and that was really all I was doing and then you know after after some time um, I started to engage by just you know liking things um, and at some point um, I decided to start posting things and that was huge for me and that was really scary and part of why and, and this is not to give too much away of, of the book that um, my section in the anthology but um, I, I started to engage with people um, and I started deriving a lot of benefit from those relationships and so when you talk about fear I still remember the first time I decided to post something uh, my own content on LinkedIn. I remember posting it. It was like six o'clock in the morning. I was still in bed. Um, I was going to get up and go exercise. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to hit post. I'm going to delete <laughs> off my phone and I'll look later. That's <laughs> so, so awesome. I love yeah. this story. Um, I'm going to send you a presentation that I did on that LinkedIn, uh, the fear of social media. Yeah. Lawyer's experience. You're absolutely right. Fear is the word, but um, it's a it's a fear that you've been taught, right? It's yes. not a natural fear. One hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Like so many fears, right? So we'll talk about that more later. Well, just for the fun of it, I'm going to tell you what the other question was. Okay. Um, and if you want to answer, it, you can. Okay. Whether intuition plays a role in your decision making, which I think is a really good question for a lawyer. 
Yeah. And you know, it's a good question, but it's a hard question. Yeah. You got the easy one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You I like, I like door number one. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you were younger, mystery date, door number one, dead or stud. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. You yes. got, you got the stud. So we'll just leave it at that. Yes. Well, look, Lisa, you're so delightful and bright. And I just love knowing you and exchanging ideas and stories. If other people want to know you or reach you, how can they do so? So I'm on LinkedIn and they can follow me at uh, hashtag Lisa, uh, lawyer Lisa Lang, um, or they can um, just go online and um, search for me, Lisa Lang. And folks, she is very active on LinkedIn, very, <laughs> not overly, perfectly active, right? Appropriately you. active. Your content is meaningful. Your shares are helpful. Um, I actually love being, you know, uh, watching people grow on LinkedIn and seeing how they embrace the, this, you know, what was once considered don't go there, right? Um, especially for lawyers. So I love seeing you on LinkedIn. It's great to be your friend. Thank you for all that you do for other women. And I can't wait to read the book. I've already bought it. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to dig in deeply. Okay. Thank you. All right, folks. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye-bye.